man, so good. There's some, sometimes you just have those worship moments. You're like, you just, that's it. Like, we're good, you know? It feels like that almost every Sunday. But, man, good morning. It's good to be back home. Um, we missed you last Sunday. Scott and I were out in uh, Nashville. And, you know, we missed our, we didn't miss our plane. Our plane got canceled. And what's interesting to me, it had a mechanical failure, mechanical issue, right? And how um, upset people get when you mess with their planes, right? Like, 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 like the most important people in the world can't be delayed because this plane could potentially have a problem when you're 37,000 feet in the air, but, but get to it, you know? So we got to witness um, the worst of humanity for a moment there in, in the airport, um, along the, with the tunes of like good country music playing all throughout the, the environment. But, um, but yeah, it was something else. Anyways, we're, I'm glad to be back. I know Scott is too. And um, we had a chance to be at a pretty awesome conference that just spoke to cultural issues that are facing us. And um, if you want to know anything about any cultural issues, ask Scott or I. We have all the answers now. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a fire hose of information. But truly, we don't have the answers. Maybe some more questions. Um, but, but some really good uh, framework and opportunity for a congregation to be able to talk about things that tend to polarize and divide us. And so um, just so hopeful and to be around good, godly people, theologically sound, strong people who can disagree on things and also create an environment that helps us to actually talk about stuff that troubles us. And one of the things they said is we're going to talk about everything that you might not be talking about, but your congregation is. So at any rate, we, we just look forward to some days ahead to sit and talk and tackle some of these topics. Um, that said, um, this morning, I'm grateful to be back. We're in just a moment. We have the privilege of hearing from our high school team that went to Mexico and hear some testimonies of what God did. So I'm super excited about that. Um, but before I get into that, I did want to just say that there is a reason why your T-shirts will cost 20 bucks tomorrow. Um, I got this one, Scott. So, so we had to put in the order. We have to put the order in tomorrow in order to get the shirts by the 28th. And so if, we, if you get them early, it was our little incentive to, to eat a little bit on those shirts to be able to figure out how many we needed to order. So that's the behind the scenes of why we did that. So if you want to, jump online and order, put your size in, and, and if you want a shirt. If not, we will have some available the day of, but you have to pay the full price for that shirt. So that's that. Um, man, um, I think what I want to do is just um, skip anything that I want to say because I'm super excited to hear from the high schoolers. And I'll come back around after and I'll share some things. But I will say that we're about to enter into a new um, season of teaching throughout the summer. And we're going to go through um, Psalms. And particularly these Psalms of Ascents is where we're going to start. And I'll talk to you more about what they are. But the beautiful part about these Psalms is they're like a road trip. You know, and they're a journey that we can trace through our own life in Christ. And so I'm super excited. I've been reading them a lot and reading the background a lot. And so I've got a lot to say. That's why I don't want to uncork it. You know, sometimes you start talking and then you just keep going. I want to leave a lot of time for high schoolers. So in order to get the, um, the party started, we are going to have a video that, uh, that overviews their, um, their trip. And so uh, we can go ahead and cue that video now. And then Joel and Abby will come up and give you the overview. Turn it in your favor. Yeah, I need to take it to say. 
Hi. Hello. Yeah. Wow. It was it was an awesome trip. It was so good. I'm crying. Um, it was great, honestly. And um, I was working on the video, and I was wondering, like, what song do I put? You know, like, what song? How do I make this like capture everything? It was four days of awesomeness, and then we were listening to the song, and there's the part where it says, "Fear is not my future. You are." Death is not my future, you are. Heartbreak is not my home, you are. And I just, as I was hearing these lyrics, it's just all these people that we met. Uh, there was a lady that we praying for who was told that she had until September to live. And we met her at a church and prayed over her. And she's like, but Jesus is with me. And God is still real. And it's here and now. It isn't. You know, and it's Christ and, and hearing the heartbreak of what um, the widows that we prayed for. Also, heartbreak isn't their home. Jesus is. And it was just, it was perfect. It was fitting. And I don't know if you guys wore your green bracelets, um, but on the green bracelets, it said James 127. And the verse reads, religion that God our Father accepts as pure is faultless to this, is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And it was accomplished this weekend. And we, we thought we were going to be the ones blessing, but man, did those people bless us beyond belief. It was, it was incredible. We're going to invite um, some of our, our students that went on the trip and um, a couple of leaders to share. Abby, do you have any? Um, I just want to thank God publicly. Um, wow. <laughs> it's one thing to um, have plans, but ultimately God is in control, and it's... <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm happy. I'm full of joy. Um, yeah, but for God to have just prepared a way for us, we thought we would be spending a lot of times with just um, the orphanage, and little did we know that we would be um, really impacted by a lot of people in the community. And I'm just so grateful for the relationships that he was able to build on this trip. Um, I really look forward to going next time. And I look forward to continuing to pray for people, um, to continue to contact people. We were able to um, whoa, <laughs> meet a guy named Aaron. And he was um, really able to help us out this time around and show us just different needs in the community. And it's... it's um, much more eye-opening to be able to communicate with somebody that is familiar with the people rather than just showing up and hoping we can do something or hoping that, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but he gave us the specific needs of uh, individual people that we were able to meet with, and it was such a beautiful time to know that they were waiting for hope, that they've been waiting for hope, and that um, God was able to share some hope with them. And I just want to thank you guys publicly also. There are so many people here that gave of their time in prayer. I thank you for praying with us and praying for us. I thank you for those that shared resources. We were able to have two vans. Praise the Lord. We were able to have food that was really good. Praise the Lord. Um, just so many of you gave financially also. And I mean, you guys know or you all know that the goal was 3000 and we ended up with 9000 somehow. And God knew what to do with that money. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
with some of the money, we were able to bring Bibles to all the students. And what I thought was really impactful was that the staff didn't have Bibles either. And I, we just ordered extra in case. And they were so touched. They were so thrilled that it was their own and that they could write their names in it. And that was um, really a blessing. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to go ahead and invite some students up that we'll be sharing. So come on up, guys. <laughs> um, and the leaders that we'll be sharing. Each of you have such gifts from God, and it was a beautiful thing to be able to see him use those gifts that he's given you and just to see you guys worship him and serve him together. So good work, everybody. <laughs> um, Daniel. Uh yeah, I just wanted to share about um, just how much of a blessing it was that we got to have, like, helmets and skateboards. Uh, and I wanted to thank you guys for uh, giving towards that. And, uh, yeah, that was just, that was crazy. I was a little concerned that the kids, like, wouldn't be able to set up the boards because there's a lot of little pieces and, and whatnot. Um, but... Yeah, as soon as they got in that room, they were, they like, super focused, and, um, yeah, every board was set up the right way. Uh, yeah, every kid loved, like, every kid loved skating. Uh, no kid was scared or anything. Uh, I got to connect with this one kid named Leo. He was, I think he was my age, and I met him the first day. He was a little, like, he just looked sad, and, um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but, um, uh, when he got his skateboard, he was, he came up to me and he asked me, um, if I could teach him a trick, so I taught him this one trick, and I, I was thinking it was gonna, like, take him a while to learn it, and he ended up landing it in, like, three tries, and, um, he was just, I mean, from then on, like, he just had this smile on his face, and, um, he was just filled with joy, like, the whole rest of the time I saw him, and, um, I think one of the one of the craziest things um, was waking up the next morning, and we all looked outside. It was like across the across the way towards the orphanage, and we just saw every kid was skating uh, down that hill. It was it was awesome. It was so cool. So I think that was a huge blessing. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me was when we were praying for this um, woman called, uh, her name was Lorena, and um, we went to her house to uh, pray over her, and when we were praying for her, uh, I, I really felt the Holy Spirit in that room, and it was very uh, strong. I just, I felt it when I was praying, and I felt it in the people around me. And then Joel started saying something, I don't remember, but he started crying. Then, then I realized that I was crying, and it was just such an amazing experience to experience with my friends and youth leaders and my dad. And um, I've never really been the one to pray out loud, and I just, I wasn't praying out loud. I was still praying to myself, but I really felt like God took over and was just, praying and I was just it was literally like I was rapping it was I was praying so fast I it was insane but um 
yeah, I was really, I really want to thank Joel and Abby for, for letting us experience cool things and like that. And yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, for me also praying for the two women, their names were Lorena and Violet. They were both widows, I believe, and they were both really sick. Um, Violet was given until September to live. And so it was just really impactful for me praying for them and learning from them and just hearing their stories. Um, it was very evident how just willing they were to submit themselves to God's plan, even in these super hard circumstances that I can't even ima imagine. So praying for them, I think through that experience, God really revealed his faithfulness to me, seeing their faith and just the immense peace that surpasses all understanding that they had. So I think that was really impactful for me. Um, something that really stood out to me, um, like that God showed me was, we went to this little area called Brick Valley and it was where some people who were less fortunate were living and we were able to pass out um, bags of food to them. And this one guy that we were helping deliver the food to, he was, it was, he was living in this like small shack kind of area. And he was so happy to present it to us that like God has given him that. And it was just cool because he was like showing me that this is his house and he's happy about that. And even though it was a small, small area, it was cool to see how God is still is still giving him joy, although the the circumstance he's in. Yeah. I think for me, waking up each morning and knowing that, like, for the rest of the day, like I was just gonna, I was just there to serve God the whole day. That, that was kind of what I felt joy, like waking up and knowing that. And I think one moment that stood out for me was when we were praying for Lorena. Uh, just the whole time we were there, she was so joyful, and you can he you could hear like how faithful she was, and how she knew that. In her faith, like God would provide for her, and also it was cool to see how um, when we went to the orphanage, we all had different talents and gifts that God had given us, and we were able to serve him in a lot of different ways, and you could see all the different talents and gifts that all the kids had there at the orphanage, and so... That's cool to see how um, God will use them in the future because they're all so unique. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an absolute blessing to be able to serve alongside this team. Uh, and the one thing that really stood out to me, and I think most importantly, was uh, that everywhere we went, the Holy Spirit was just tangible, and uh, you could really just sense uh, His Spirit going al going along with us. Uh, and every 
every single person on this team, I was so impressed, just took the attitude of a servant's heart. They put everybody else's needs before their own. And I was just so impressed by this group of young people to be able to put themselves in a, in a situation that's not common and uh, to be able to say that I'm here to serve. And they did that. And they did that for, uh, uh, for the people there, that for God's children. And they prioritized that. And it was such a privilege to be able to watch them uh, serve the Lord in that capacity. It was so amazing. And uh, the, one th- the other thing that really stood out to me was uh, the church service that we went to on Sunday morning. Uh, being able to experience a service in another language, maybe that you know a little bit of or you don't know anything um, at all, uh, was just uh, is wildly impactful, I think, to be able to experience the Holy Spirit in a way that you may not understand, uh, but you can sense his presence. His presence doesn't come in languages. It comes... Uh, comes on you like a, it's like, it's completely different than anything you've ever experienced. And uh, just to be able to be there um, with these amazing young people serving the Lord, worshiping the Lord, um, and prioritizing that was amazing. I'd also just like to say thank you to Joel and Abby. Can't commemorate you guys enough for all the work that and time you guys put into this trip to make that all happen was uh, just outstanding. And your leadership uh, has been uh, a blessing to watch. So thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I want to ditto that also. Um, you guys are awesome. I'm very thankful for having you guys uh, just lead this team. And, and, you know, it was a blessing when when you guys showed up. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. A um, couple things. Again, this trip, uh, like, like Joel said, uh, this trip was... Um, it's always a blessing to us. We think we're going to go over there and, and just, yeah, we're going to give to these people. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it, you end up coming back uh, blessed. Um, when we were at Brick Valley, um, we, we took some supplies, some food, one bag for food, one bag for, like, cleaning supplies. So I kind of expected the situation was going to be a little, a little bad. I, you know, um, I've been out there before. Not to Brick Valley, but to Mexico. Um, and I was just, I, what I expected and what I really had, like, in reality, it was just, it was, like, really real, man. I, I walked into their house shack um, to see their beds on dirt, tables set up on dirt. We gave them their stuff. We prayed for them. Uh, we got back as a group, and I asked Aaron, I don't know if you remember this, Joe, Hey, why the why the bag of cleaning supplies, right? And I said, I'm sorry, but I just don't get it. Like, why not bring another bag of food? And he's like, Believe it or not, brother, these people that that's their home. And just because it's the way it is doesn't mean they don't want to keep it clean. And I was just like, Bam, dude! It just I was like, Uh, okay, my bad. And it reminded me, like, um, these people have dignity. They're just because their situation is different. They're still, they're, it's still, they're still, they're still God's people. They're still human, and they still have dignity. And, um, and that was for me. That's that hit me hard. So, uh, the other thing, um, just to see our youth, man, our, our, these youngsters just out there serving, connecting with these kids with the language barrier, um, and they, it still happens. It's still. This is our second time being out there, and no matter what, 
these kids always find a way to connect, and I'm very proud of these kids. Um, and I'm very, I'm very excited to be able to do this with them. Um, and, and, and one other thing, and I'll, and I'll leave it at that. I was washing my hands the other day, and I had the bracelet on, right? And I'm thinking, oh, it's time to take it off. And I'm like, nah, man, it's not time to take it off. It's like it's a good reminder to keep praying. Every time I look down at my hands or I do something, it's like, all right, let's, let's pray for whoever we connected with. And, and, and I just want to encourage you guys, if you guys don't have one, get one. Let's keep praying for these guys. This isn't just a, a weekend thing. This, this is something, even if we're not tangibly giving them something, we can still pray for them. And they, they need that. They, they really do need that. So do we, but <laughs> they need that. And I just wanted to introduce them to you all because I don't think they said their names. This is Daniel. Sam, Kira, Ginger, Luke, and Dylan and Sal. Um, but yeah. A cool testimony, just real quick to wrap things up. Um, there was this woman, and you heard her, her name a lot. Her name was Lorena. And she has an illness. Um, we, I think it was cancer. Uh, but she just looks completely different, and it was it was crazy. But we, we were all in this tiny room, um, sweating probably, and it was just all of us cramped by side, right next to her bed. And we pray over her, we give her food and, and all this stuff, and as we're walking out, we overhear a conversation. And she's talking to our contact there, Aaron, and he's like, so when's your next appointment? She's like, well, I, I can't make the next appointment till I have money, so um, probably not for a while. And so he was like, how much is it? And she said 6,000 pesos. And 6,000 pesos is $300. And so Sal and I overheard this conversation, and we get back, and we're like, there's got to be something we can do. So we, 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 Abby and I purposely take cash, uh, uh, some amount to have over there. And when we looked at what we had, it was the exact amount. It was 6,000 pesos. So I called Danny, and I'm like, is that allowed? And he's like, dude, yeah. <laughs> so praise the Lord. Yeah. So she was able to go to her appointment this past Tuesday. Thank you, guys. She was able to go to her appointment this last Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Fascinating. Thank you, guys. So good. Oh, man. See why I wanted to get them up here quick and not mess it up? It's so good, right? Isn't it so good to hear what God's done um, through them? And what I love about this trip um, and, and all of these mission trips that we go on, um, but specifically this one, this wasn't just the high school team that went. This was all of us. You all contributed. You all prayed. And look at the fruit of what God did. And so I want to thank you as a congregation. I know they have thanked you as well. But this was an exceptional trip because you're an exceptional people. And you have asked the Lord. And the Lord has responded. And so um, thank you. Thank you for, um, for your part in this trip. And thank you guys. You're, you just did a tremendous job. Thank you, each one of you, for what you shared. Can we just thank them again? With the time that I have remaining, communion is more important to me than, um, than, than giving the intro to our new series. We'll be here next week. You know that? And you guys usually come back. I always get excited. You know, I scan. I go, they're back. You know, you look through where everybody sits. Um, you'll be back. 
and, and we'll, we'll do a better job next week at, at presenting this series. It's going to be an exciting series. It truly is. But as I was sitting here thinking and praying and, and how maybe it would, would be appropriate to wrap things up this morning and really give us time at the Lord's table, um, I was thinking of, of the, these two commands in the Bible and, um, and two real emphatic statements that, that Jesus had made. Um, one is called the Great Commission, and the other is called the Great Commandment, right? The Great Commission, do you know what that is? Uh, I've heard people preach on it say it's not the Great Suggestion, right? It's the Great Commission um, that, that we, as God's disciples, are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? Mark, I love the way Mark's gospel presents. It's like preach to every creature. Like, everybody gets to know the good news. And, and the... The paraphrase of that, that passage in Matthew 28, you can look there at the end of Matthew 28 if you want to do some homework afterwards, but the, the paraphrase is to everyone all the time. It's not just on a mission trip, although that's a, a ripe opportunity for it. It's, it's as we're living the gospel, as we're in our workplaces, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, that the fragrance of Jesus flows through us and that we become living examples of the good news of the gospel to, to preach, to herald it. It's like we're, you know, blow, burp, 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 burp. like, you know, we're blow, that's the imperial butter from when I was a kid. But, but, um, but like we're, we're blowing this trumpet of good news that, that Jesus has come to set the captives free. And, and that is his, um, his call to us. And that is our great privilege. But coupled with that great commission comes this great commandment. This great commandment that we're called to love the Lord our God with what? All our heart, all our mind, all our soul and strength. And then we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And can you, can you see the beauty of those two things working in concert with one another? That if we as a people are doing this great commandment, that we are loving God with all that we have, and, and that that love of God flows in us and then through us, how beautiful it is then to tell the good news. It just makes sense. And the Great Commission is not a mechanical, um, industrial thing that we do. In other words, we don't memorize something, go, and, and like robots tell a story. We're living this Great Commission because of this great love that's inside of us. And so the, the source of this love we know is Jesus. We know that it's, it's his body, his blood, the reality of Christ alive in us. And so I, I'm going to read one portion of scripture that I believe will, will prepare our hearts um, for coming to the Lord's table together. And if you would turn with me, um, I want to look in the, in the Gospel of Luke. If you look at Luke chapter 22, Luke 22, starting in verse 14. I've read this uh, many times, and I know that you've read it, and we've just come through the Easter season. By the way, just a side note, I got so excited today because you know, we've been talking a lot about Jubilee. Jubilee is going to be, um, it's going to be fun and significant. But I was looking, I was thinking about um, the Psalm series and how I was going to share this one part about these feasts that, that, um, that every Jewish person would go to three times a year. And one of them is Pentecost. And it, it, it got in my mind, I thought, oh, Pentecost clearly is 50 days from, from Easter. And um, so do you know when Pentecost Sunday falls? Jubilee, right? How cool is that, man? It's going to be just electric, right? So anyways, you probably already knew that. I'm, a, I'm like, I've told you many times, I am not the sharpest tool in the tool chest. I kind of come to the party late. But anyways, I'm excited about that. At any rate, Luke chapter 22, 
And this is the, the culmination of, of Jesus' ultimate sacrifice on the cross. And, and he, he speaks to his disciples, and he's always including them, right? They're, they aren't just like along for the ride. They are a significant part of every journey. They are a key part of every ministry, from the feeding of the 5,000 to going two by two and, and preaching throughout the land. Um, just as you've seen modeled here, it's not, this, this wasn't a, a trip for high schoolers just to get a cross-cultural experience. This was an opportunity to do the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. And, and so Jesus, including his disciples, gives them some instructions to prepare this meal, that they were to find a certain place, and, and they did. It was a large furnished upper room, and they were to speak to the owners of that place and, and get the, the place ready. And I love what, what it says here, um, I'll read it. It's in Luke 22, starting in 14. It says, And when the hour came, he, speaking of Jesus, reclined at the table and the apostles with him. I mean, just that, that imagery alone, right? You know what it's like to, to plan, prepare. You've got so much going on, but you stop for a moment to take in the magnitude of what's about to happen. Um, we know there are different temperaments and personalities. Those that, that prep, 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 prepare, you know, we kind of go, 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 go. But this was a, a moment where we see Jesus with his closest friends. All the table is set. The work has been done. And what does he do? He stops. He reclines. And he begins to have a conversation with them. And the words that come next are really fascinating to me. It speaks to the fact that he loved them so much. He wanted to be with them. It wasn't a religious ceremony and what we're about to do right now is not a religious ceremony. It's a relational worship moment. And it's absolutely holy. And Jesus, reclining at the table, says these words. I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I want you to just stop and think about that for a moment. Because when we understand Jesus in his humanity... That, that this is 100% God, 100% man. Jesus, as a man, reclines, takes in the magnitude of the moment and says, man, it was like he was saying to his disciples, boys, I, I, I just, I, could, I can't wait to do this with you. I can't wait to just be here with you guys because I know what's coming. Fully aware that suffering was about to take place, but where he wanted to be was with them. And I want to tell you, that that same sentiment, that same reality is true for each one of you as disciples, as those who have received Jesus, as those who have opened their hearts to his great commandment and his great commission, that he earnestly desires to have this meal with you. That, that I, I wonder, I just wonder if today's breaking of bread, if today's receiving communion would be different than anyone you've ever had before. Why not? Why not today be something transformational that occurs in your life? That's the reality of, of coming to this table. And Jesus, as he reclines, he sits there. Can't, I, I so look forward to this. He goes on to instruct them about what's happening. He says, for I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and we had given thanks. He said, take this, divide it among yourselves. Look at what he's doing. He's bringing them in. They're not just spectators. They're not robots that are just tell me what to do. Like th this is a relational moment. He, come on, guys, we're sharing this meal together. Take it, break it, divide it among yourselves. For I tell you, 
that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he, he took the cup, and after they had eaten it, saying, This cup that is poured out, excuse me, after they had eaten, yeah, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. I just wonder, I just wonder what it was like for these disciples, these apostles, that every time they sat at a table, every time they saw bread, which would be daily, every time they saw a cup filled with wine, which would be daily, for the rest of their lives that they would remember that moment. And I think that that's what communion is supposed to be for us. I think sometimes, as I said before, we we turn it into a, a, a religious ceremony, something that we do once a month or so. But really, it's something that we get to do as often as we want to, but every time we do it, we do it in remembrance of him. And with this new covenant of his blood, he gives this new commandment. He says it in John. He says, this new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you. And so this morning, as as we prepare our hearts for coming to this table, as we take in this wonderful testimonies of what we heard, as we take in the experience that our high schoolers had as they just went just a few miles south of the border, but a few miles was like another world for some of them, seeing it for the first time, a different culture. We take all of that in. Um, Let's come to the Lord's table together. Let's allow Jesus to, to leave with us the deposit of what we're intended to take away. And let's do what the Bible says. I'm going to give you some time. In fact, I'll invite our, our worship team to come. If, if you're still here, I'm so glad you stayed, Christian. It's always nice when you stay through the whole service. I'm just kidding. You always stay. I just nervous talk turns into jokes for me. I'll never forget, I've told you this before, and this is not to speak negatively, thank you, of any, anybody else. It's really not. But I'll never forget this experience that I had one time, and this was in a different country, so you'll know I'm not speaking ill of any other church locally. I remember being in this, this church setting, and it was a really hip church. It was super cool. Like, you've been to really cool churches? We were at, Scott and I were at the coolest church in Nashville. Everything was cool. The bathroom was even cool. Like, everything was just amazing. Like, just the decor. And, but this place was just extra cool, you know, and people were cool, whatever else. And, and the, the service kind of went in like, a, like on a, um, like, like kind of like a conveyor belt. That's how it felt. And at the end of the conveyor belt came communion, right? And I'll, I'll never forget, it was like, you pass out the stuff, and it was like, yeah, totally, blah, blah, and they're still talking, and, uh-huh. and then they, they did the thing, and they put the stuff down, and then that was part of the whole machine of the service, and then you just conveyed yourself right out the door. And I was like in my 20s, and you know, I knew everything then, right? And, and I was just so appalled by that. It just, it, it, it marked me. I was like, that was a holy moment, and we've turned it into this machine of a conveyor belt where you pick the thing up and you drink the thing, and then you're talking as you're doing it, and then you're walking out the door. And I thought, God, may that never be so. May that never be so when we come to your table, because this is something so special. 
This is something miraculous. It's something so mysterious that different denominations have different views that even divide them about it. Isn't it ironic that the things that are meant to bring us together oftentimes tear us apart? But the reason that there's those those controversies or, or different views about this is because it is so mysterious and so special that we're eating of him and we're drinking of him and we're meant to do it in one accord. So there's nothing lightweight about it. It's powerful. And Corinthians were later taught that, that it should never be received in an unworthy manner. And I think the unworthy manner is not knowing the magnitude of what we're actually doing. We're saying, I believe that you did this. I break this bread just as your body was broken for me and I take it in. Take it into my body. And I, I believe your blood was shed and it was poured out. And, and that, that pouring out of your blood was for the remission of my sin. And that because your blood was shed that I can be forgiven. And we, we literally have this full experience of all senses where we smell, taste, touch, all of it. We drink in this representation of the blood. So the unworthy manner would be that we don't take the moment to look at our lives. I used to think that it just meant you better not have a single sin before you do this. You know? And I remember as a kid, they would give you just like half a worship song to get all your sins squared away. And I'm like, wait, did I get it? You know? And sometimes I was just thinking about the song and not the sins, and it got really confusing. Look, he knows your heart. He knows your heart. This moment for you is a moment of, uh, what I like to say, of like a reboot, you know, to remember the gospel, to remember the good news that was declared in Mexico and is being declared now and is declared all over the world. The Passover that he was celebrating was about this, this story that you know well in the book of Exodus. It was a culminating plague that came upon the children, uh, the, the nation of Egypt as they were you know, Pharaoh unwilling to let the children go to worship him, to worship God. And the, the horror of his judgment as it came upon the land, taking the firstborn of all creatures except for the homes where the blood was on the doorposts. And that blood meant that when the angel came to, to bring God's wrath, that they would, what, pass over the place that was covered by the blood. You are covered. You're covered. And it's part of what you remember today. And it's part of the headspace that the disciples would have been in as they celebrated Passover. And so he couldn't wait to show them that he was the Passover lamb, that this was his body broken for them. This was his blood shed for them. And it was once and for all and eternal. And so the unworthy manner is not understanding all of that. The unworthy manner is also that you don't believe that and yet you still take it on. And this is no um, guilty moment for anybody else. This is actually a wonderful moment that if you do hear that, understand it, believe it, and go, whoa, that's good news. This could be your first communion, right? Your, your proclamation of the gospel that you believe. Am I making sense this morning? And so, so I'd just like to leave some space for you to process a whole lot, like cool stuff you heard from high schoolers and God's word and the, the, the posture of Jesus as he brought this supper to his disciples. I want you to process it for a moment. They're going to lead you in a worship song. I do encourage you, invite the Holy Spirit to show you. Are there areas that, that you're convicted of? Again, I, say, I feel like I say this so often, but I'll say it again, is that conviction from the Holy Spirit is not like you got caught. It's not like you got caught. 
that conviction that you feel if there's an area of your life where you haven't met the mark where there's sin, it's because he wants to show you so that you can have freedom so that you don't have to deal with the burdens and bondages that come with that sin. And so if he, he highlights something, confess it before God. Know the power of God's word. He's faithful and just to forgive you, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. As far as the east is from the west. That's how far he removes transgressions from you. Your sin to be remembered no more powerful, right? So don't, you don't have to sit there and try to drum stuff up. If the Holy Spirit shows you something, then let it go and receive with great confidence, standing boldly before the throne of grace, this cup and this, this bread. Amen? Amen. Let's take some time and let's let them lead us in worship and, and just get in that place where you can receive in a worthy manner. you the time that I mentioned, but I also want to give you the opportunity that as you, if you want, you can begin to make your way to the front or to the, the two tables that are in the back. We want to receive together. We want to have communion in common with each other. And, and so if you would just come, you could take the, the bread, you could take the, the, the cups that are in there and help one another. If someone doesn't have it, and just pass it out to one another. But let's all have these elements in our hands as we continue to prepare our hearts together. So again, tables here in the front and tables in the back. And once you get it, just hang out where you're at and, and hang on to it just for a moment.
morning I've asked um, Bryant and Karen. Um, Bryant serves on our deacon board, which I'm so grateful for godly men that are serving on that board. Really true hearts to bless this congregation. I've asked he and his wife Karen to pray over these elements for us. Lord, you said that you are the bread of life and whoever comes to you will not go home. We come to you this morning, God, and just thankful for the sacrifice that you willingly made, which reconciles us to you forever. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we take this bread in remembrance of your body broken for us. Amen. Jesus, as we take this cup, we remember the blood that you shed on the cross for us and the sacrifice that you made. God, you sent your son to die on the cross for each and every person. We just humbly come before you and just thank you for your unending mercy, forgiveness, and love that you have for each of, each of us. And we just take this cup in remembrance of the blood he shed. Thank you, Lord. Um, thank you, Lord. I'd like to invite um, Joel and Abby and whatever team members are here, if you guys would just come up here in the front. Um, as we close out our service, you may have needs this morning. Powerful thing about communion is that it comes with a whole lot of promises of God's presence over our lives, whether it's in need of uh, physical. No, all you guys, Sam, all you guys have to come, not just Joel and Abby. 
that, that God wants to touch our lives, not just give us the feels while music's happening or you're hearing a message, but he literally wants to touch your life. He wants to bring healing into broken places. He wants to heal physical illnesses. Maybe you have something that you're hanging on to that's heavy that you'd just like someone to pray with. Um, this team, along with our pastoral staff, will be here. We're going to close with a, a, a song of worship. But please come if you, if you need prayer. We're committed to that every week. Can I, can I ask us all to stand together as we close out? Lord, here we are. God, we, we thank and praise you for the great things you're doing in our lives. Lord, we honor you, Lord, and we, we pray that um, you would bless I pray, Lord, you'd bless each one. God, you know the needs that each one has. And now in this place of your presence, may you meet needs, God, according to your riches and glory. So thank you, Father. We love you. We worship you. They're going to play this song. And as they do, feel free to come if you'd like prayer. Um, And we know that if you've got to go, you you have to go. There's nothing holding you here. But God, bless your people now. I I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. Yours is the